0: book of Hebrews in chapter 12 and then we're going to spend the rest of the time in the book of Ephesians. hope that my technology works here. Okay, okay. It looks like we're good. So the Friday of the marriage seminar, uh, just before everything started, Pastor had come to me and he asked me if I would fill in this evening. So uh, I had... Uh, a project that I was working on, and I was I was excited. I was going to get a chance to to develop that and, and preach that. and I'm like, oh this, this is great. this is a great opportunity. So in the grand scheme of things, it would have been a pretty easy thing to preach. It's just a Bible, is an Old Testament Bible character. We're going to do a study. That's great. So that Friday evening after we got finished, uh, we went back to the room. I started working on it a little bit. Saturday we did the things in the morning, we went home that afternoon, I'm spending time working on it, okay, by the end of that week I'm going to have it finished up and ready to go for, for tonight. Last Sunday we went to church and we do like we do all the time, we got, we got in early, we put in a full day at church, by the time I got home, and I'm sure some of you can, you can identify with this, man I was tired, I'm tired when I get home. So I got in the door. I went downstairs to my bedroom, and all I wanted to do was put on my sweatpants. I wanted to be comfortable. You've probably been there. I just, I just want to get my sweatpants on. So I go to my dresser drawer, and I'm bending over. My sweatpants are in the bottom drawer there, and I'm digging through them. And there's this still small voice that starts talking to me, not not quite audible, but. God started talking to me and he said, I want you to change up what you're gonna talk about. And my mind was thinking back over where I've come through over this last year and what it what it took to get me there. And I'm like, Lord, I don't wanna. I just don't wanna. Please don't make me do it. So this message is not going to necessarily be an easy message to preach as it would be speaking on an Old Testament character. But God changed my mind, and he did it for a reason, and I hope someone here gets something out of it. So we're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at just one single verse in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 15. I'll let everyone find that. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says this. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Let's go ahead and open in prayer. Lord, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be up here tonight. You know that I don't have strength to feed the people that are here. I don't know the needs that people have. So God, I have to turn it over to you, and I just ask for your help to be used. And I pray that your word would make a difference in someone's life tonight. I ask that you would give me strength as I present it. And I ask this in your name. Amen. So, our verse in Hebrews... We're admonished to look diligently. We're looking for two things that we have to be diligent about. We're looking about not failing of the grace of God. And we're looking diligently that we're not allowing a root of bitterness to take hold. Now, this word diligent, this is defined as follows. It's with a steady application and care. It's not being careless. It's not being negligent. So with this idea in mind, we read that we're supposed to give close, constant attention, We're to use steady application and care to make sure that the two, these two things are not taking hold in our life. Now, I'm going to focus mostly on the second part of the verse that we just read, but I do want to just briefly go over that first part. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Anyone that knows me is going to know that I'm not at all a Greek scholar. But what I've read, I understand this meaning to be this. It's it's not talking about failing as if we're failing some sort of test. But rather, it's talking about falling back. It's not saying that we've failed to measure up or we've failed in a test. But rather, we've got to be careful that we're not falling back into our old lifestyle. You see, believers receive a new nature a new identity and a new direction. And you have to be careful and diligent and watchful that we're not falling back. Paul talks about this a little bit in the book of Romans chapter 7. Now, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read you a couple of verses. Uh, Romans chapter 7, uh, the passage uh, 18 through 24 is, is what I've got here. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Verse 19, he says for the good that I would not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Verse 21 says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. You see we have a new nature. We have a new direction, but it's easy to fall back. So he's saying look diligently that you're not falling back. Now, we're going to deal tonight with the second part of that, that is looking diligently that a root of bitterness is not springing up Within us, um, this passage, this verse in Hebrews, by the way, this is a this is a a, a quote or a, a a parallel passage, if you will, from the book of Deuteronomy. And I want to read a couple of verses to you so that we can give a little bit of additional meaning to what Hebrews is talking about. So, Deuteronomy chapter 29. Uh, I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 for you. For ye know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through the nations which ye passed by. And ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Lest there should be any uh, among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day, from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. That phrase gall and wormwood is talking about bitterness, by the way. So the context of these verses is that God's God's entering into a covenant with Israel. And Moses is reminding the people of what God has brought them through. Uh, as they left Egypt. So he's reminding them of God's provision and protection along the way. Uh, he's reminding them that there are people unto God. But then he gives a warning that they've got to be careful that their hearts not be turned away to the idol worship that they had watched while they're in Egypt, and also that they had observed as they're passing through other nations on their way out. It's this, this idol worship is described as gall and wormwood or bitterness. So the idea is that if an idol is allowed to have a place in our life, it becomes a bitter root that starts growing, and it starts spreading, it starts turning our hearts away from God. And it's not just us. It's gonna draw other people into it as well. You're not an island. What you, what you go through and what you experience also is going to affect other people. You can get mad at one person, but you're going to draw other people into it as well. Now, bitterness in the sense of the emotion that we feel uh, can be defined in this way. Uh, It's extreme enmity. It's a grudge. It's hatred. uh, Rather, an excessive degree of implacableness, uh, of passions and emotions. So the outward emotion of bitterness is one of, of grudge-holding and anger. But as we're reading this passage, both in Hebrews and in our Old Testament passage, it also shows that there's a serious inward issue. Our hearts are being turned away from God as if to worship an idol. So when we allow a word or a circumstance to anger us and then we hold on to that, it turns into resentment, it turns into a grudge, and it becomes like an idol to us because it's turned our heart away from God and it's turned us from a right relationship with God. We know in the Ten Commandments we're told that we're not supposed to have any other gods before him. That's why it's so vital that we guard and protect against a root of bitterness from springing up within us. So then the question is, What do we do? What are we supposed to do? If there is bitterness in our hearts, what are we going to do with it? How do we deal with it? How do we guard against it? There may be someone struggling with this very thing. I don't need to know who it is, but what I want to try to do is show you some things that might help you. Now, I don't know if I gave you the passage, but we're going to spend the rest of our time in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to be covering verses 17 through through 32. Now, the question of what do we do with the bitterness, there's a short answer I can give you that's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. That says that we're supposed to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking to be put away from you. So that's the easy answer. Just put it away. That's easier said than done. Okay? And I was thinking to myself, man, we ought to put it away from us like a kid that doesn't want to eat their vegetables. Just shove it as far away from you as you can. Right? Easier said than done. That's where the preceding verses of thir- uh, prior to verse 31 are going to come in. Now, I want to go ahead and just read through this passage and then we're going to kind of break it down and, and, and see what we can gain out of it. So Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles walk. Pay attention to that. Uh, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because the blindness, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, we'll deal with that in a minute, uh, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather... Let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may uh, have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now here's the verse it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So, the question of how we deal with bitterness, short answer is just put it away from us. But there needs to be some other things that we have in place first. And I want to kind of break things down. I've got three points that I want to uh, that I want to share with you. So, verse seventeen through twenty is dealing with what you ought to be, and I want to give you a key word that is different. Uh, verse seventeen, we're supposed to be different in our thinking. He's referring to the the mind as being vanity. That means empty, uh, lack of substance, emptiness. So as we're looking at this idea of how to put away bitterness, we have to get our thinking right. Expect, oh, I dropped out there for a minute, we can't expect to have victory over bitterness if our mind is focused on empty and worldly philosophy. It's only when when we get into God's word that we're actually going to have wisdom to know how to deal with that bitterness. I'm sure that some of you recognize this verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I think we, we even sing it sometimes during Sunday school. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We have to be different in our thinking if we're going to deal with our bitterness. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Jesus said that thy word is truth in John chapter 17. The book of Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. I couldn't even begin to pick out all of the different verses that deal with wisdom. But let me give you at least a couple. Proverbs chapter 2, this is great. Verse 1 says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding... Then let me read verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord uh, and find the knowledge of God. So, dealing with bitterness, we have to have a difference in the way of, of our thinking. Verse 18 tells us that we also need to be different in our understanding. Uh, being different in, under, in our understanding is, is actually kind of tied together with that uh, idea of being different in our thinking. Um, When we get God's word in our minds and our thinking starts to change, our understanding of who we are and who God is will start to change. As believers, our understanding uh, of our relationship with God is going to start to change. And we'll be able to start dealing with the bitterness that may be inside. Uh, We start to realize that it's all about God and not so much about us. Matthew chapter six talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, um, verses five and six, pretty familiar. We're told to trust in the Lord with all our, with all our heart, in all our na- in all our ways we acknowledge Him, and He directs our path. We have to be different in our in our understanding in our in our perspective. Colossians chapter 1, this is actually a great verse. Uh, The very end of verse 18 says that in all all things, he might have the preeminence. We have to be different in our thinking. Back to the text in Ephesians, verse 18 says that we need to be different in our relationship with God. Look at the word uh, alienated. Uh, verse 18 says, um, being alienated from the life of God. So being alienated, that has the idea of being estranged or withdrawn from it. It has the idea of being separated. Uh, because of ignorance and blindness, man is separated from God. So sin has broken that fellowship. Uh, we've recently been going through the book of Romans on Wednesday nights with Pastor, and he's actually, it's not been all that long since he hit on this. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all of sin. So sin changed our relationship, but then as believers, that relationship is restored. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 talks about uh, talks about being alienated. So let me read this, Colossians 1, uh, 21 and 22. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. So the great part about the gospel is is that it's, It's restorative. It restores the broken fellowship that's between God and man. Our relationship is different because we've been reconciled to God. In this passage in Ephesians, Paul is saying that we're not walking that way any longer. We're not walking being alienated from God. That relationship has been restored. We need to remember that our our relationship with God is now different than it used to be. And then verse 19 talks about difference in our purity. In order to be able to put away bitterness, there needs to be a difference with the way that we are living, the way that we're thinking. Um, we, I kind of ran over this word, lasciviousness. I want to kind of give you a definition, so that, and that's in verse 19. Lasciviousness is talking about looseness. It's talking about irregular indulgence of animal desires. It's wantonness. It's lustfulness. That's not who we are anymore. There needs to be a difference with how we live. There's a difference in our purity. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is a familiar verse to most of us. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then it goes on to ask us to to tell us that we are not to be conformed to this world. So what we ought to be is different. We need to be different in how we think. We need to be different with our understanding, different with our relationship, and also different in our purity. Verses 21 through 24, that's the next section that we're going to cover, and this is what you ought to do. Now the key word that I want to focus on is going to be deliberate. Verse twenty-one begins with the word if. Now, in this verse, it's not asking a question. That's not the meaning of that word if. The the if there is followed by something, and I've, I I learned this. I didn't I didn't know it until I was studying. The word if is followed by something called an indicative mood, which means that the hypothesis that's presented is already assumed to be true. So it's not asking a question of if you have heard of him. This is talking to someone that already has heard of him and been taught about Christ. So it's not a a matter of whether or not we've heard, but rather it's a statement of fact that we have been. And because we've heard about Christ and because we've been taught, there's some things that we need to do and be deliberate in. Verse 22 tells us that we need to be deliberate in putting off our former conversation and the old man. So what does that word conversation mean? It means the manner of life. We're putting off the old manner of life. We're putting off the old man. I want to read just a, a, a couple of sentences to you from a commentary by a, a guy named john phillips. this is This is really good, um, and it kind of explains what we're talking about, putting off the old man. He says this, because our sinful disposition is quite incompatible with our Savior's disposition, we must take off the old disposition. We each have a new suit of clothes, so to speak. And so we take off our old, sin stained clothes once and for all. We are not to try to wear the new clothes over the old, and we are to take off the old clothes and put them away. That's a deliberate action. We are to be deliberate in putting off our old lifestyle. God's brought us into a new life, but we still carry with us the old nature. We've got to be deliberate in putting it off. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if we're in Christ, we're a new creature. It says that old things are passed away. All things are become new. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Let me just read to the end of the verse. It says this. It says, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We're, we're being deliberate in walking in the new life that God has given to us. We're putting off the old things. Romans chapter 6, um, in verse 12, this is familiar to us. There's a deliberate act of yielding. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield to your members as instruments of righteousness, but yield yourself... Unto God. So we've got to be deliberate in putting off the old man, putting off the old way of life. Verse twenty-three tells us that we need to be deliberate in renewing our mind. This this uh, kind of ties into the idea uh, that we talked about renewing our thinking, but renewing our mind. Uh, you know, we talked about how the scriptures make a difference in our thinking, and it, uh, the, this kind of has to do with that. The point of renewing our minds uh, ties in with that. The Bible has the power to cleanse and to change our mind, but we have to be deliberate in both reading it and heeding it. It doesn't do us any good if it's in a box or on a shelf. We have to read it and be deliberate about that. And then verse 24 tells us we need to be deliberate in putting on the new man. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 says that and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him um, we don't have time to get into all of Colossians chapter 3, but it's, it's good to read. Uh, at least half of that is, is parallel to our, uh, our, our passage here in Ephesians about, uh, about uh, the renewed relationship and putting on the old man. There's, there's a positional change that happens when we are saved. There's also a practical change that takes place and that's the part that we, we have a part in. We are deliberate in the practical part of things and putting on that new man. We have to be deliberate in choosing to walk that way. Um, let me read a verse to you here from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. It's just a couple of pages over from where you are right now. It says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. So as a new creature in Christ Jesus, we are to walk and do good works. However, let me remind you, verses 8 and 9 tell us that it's not salvation doesn't come by those good works. It's by God's grace. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The good works in that newness of life come after we are made his workmanship and were created in Christ Jesus. Uh, good works come after faith is placed in Jesus Christ and not before. So in, this, in, that, in that section, verses 21 through 24, uh, we're seeing that we've got to be deliberate in putting off the old way of life, the old manner of living. Uh, we've got to be deliberate in renewing our minds uh, through God's Word, and we've got to be deliberate in putting on the new man. Uh, the last section, verses 25 through 32, talks about how we ought to behave. The key word here is going to be doing. Now, remember where we started. We started considering about being diligent uh, of, about guarding against the root of bitterness. Okay, Uh, and and bitterness is not just harboring and holding on to that anger and that resentment. Um, It can become as if it's an idol to us. It turns our heart away from God. Um, and, And we've seen the Bible tells us that we have to put that away. We must put away bitterness. And much of what we have spent time on on these last few minutes has been talking about getting our hearts into a right relationship with God. Once our hearts are in a right place with God, then we can start to deal with bitterness. Let me just cover a couple of things just briefly. There's there's a list of things that we are to do. Verse 25 tells us that we're supposed to put away lying, and we need to speak the truth. Verse 26 talks about being angry but not sinning. a little bit more in depth than I necessarily want to go, but it's talking about being angry uh, at, at injustice or, or, or sin. We're not necessarily being told to be angry uh, at our neighbor or at the pastor. That's not what that's saying. Verse 27 says that we're not to give place to the devil. The devil is defeated already, so we we ought not to give place to him. But he's great at getting us to think He's good at tricking us. The devil's defeated, so don't give place to him. Verse twenty-eight talks about not stealing, but rather working. So part of being a Christian ought to be having a good work ethic. That's something that we ought to do. Verse twenty-nine says that we are to be careful, and we are to be edifying with our speech. Um, during during uh, Sunday school this morning, we started singing the song, and I, I had to write it down. So. I grabbed my notes and I started writing Psalm 141.3, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. As Christians, we need to be careful of what we say, how we say it, uh, because others are listening and they're influenced by what we say. And then verse 30 talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit, I learned something as I was studying this, this, this word grieving. Uh, and I want to turn again to John Phillips um, to kind of describe what that means. Uh, he says, this is a sin of the individual believer. The word grieve is a love word. You cannot grieve someone who does not love you. You might annoy them, upset them, infuriate them, or disappoint them, but you cannot grieve them. You can only grieve someone who loves you we need to be careful of our relationship and walk with God because He loves us. Because He loves us, we don't want to grieve Him. So when we get a hold of the truth that we are a different person in Christ, we need to be deliberate in our conduct and we're working on doing some of the basics, then, then it becomes easy to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to the anger anymore. I'm not going to hold on to the bitterness. I'm not going to hold on to the resentment. I'm going to give that over to God. So what are the things that we're supposed to put away? We've already, we've already talked about putting away bitterness. We're also putting away wrath. We're putting away the anger. We're putting away the clamor. Uh, we're putting away evil speaking, and we're putting away our malice. And in its place, What are we supposed to be instead? We're supposed to be kind, we're supposed to be tender-hearted, and we're supposed to be forgiving. Now, we're just about finished. I know it's a little bit short, but what I want to challenge you is to look inside and, and think about what's the attitude of my heart. Has someone hurt me? Has someone offended me? Has someone caused me to be angry? And am I holding on to that with both hands? You see, if you're holding on to the bitterness with both hands, you can't serve God with them. So what are you you holding on to? We've got to guard against bitterness and do it with all of our diligence. We've got to take steps to make our relationship and our heart right with God so that we can root it out and we can get rid of it. We can put it aside. Let me go... Back to verse 17 just for a second. Notice carefully what it says. Paul says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. What he's referring to, he's talking to saved people, but he's saying don't walk like other Gentiles. That's the lost people. You might be in that category where you're you're considered the other Gentile, the person that is not saved. You can't deal with bitterness without being born again and reconciled and regenerated into God's family. You cannot deal with the bitterness on your own. You have to have God and God's spirit to be able to do that. Now with that, I'm going to go ahead and close. Um, I'll pray and then we'll let Mr. Jordan finish as he sees fit. Lord, we thank you for this night. We ask you to work amongst the congregation, those that are here. There's so many different people and needs I cannot begin to meet each person's needs. What I ask is that you would work, you would do a work, help us to recognize bitterness for what it is, and help us with all diligence to dig it out and root it out and put it away from us. God, I ask that you'd work tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.